Thank you for listening to Cafecito with us. I'm Sarah. And I'm Diana. Please remember to subscribe. And leave us a review. All right. Hello, hello. On today's topic, we're actually going to dive a little deeper into what we've actually shared with our mentees or interns as it relates to the professional setting, work setting. So yeah, some advice we've given and shared with them in our mentor journey. I, I just also realized, isn't it like National Mentorship Month? Is or it? something I was seeing like posts, yeah, on, on LinkedIn about oh, it. So I maybe, didn't know that. Maybe this will hit that. <laughs> that way, target. But, so with that, I will kick it over to Sarah. So, you know, we've had the opportunity to be able to share some space with some younger individuals, which is always nice. I had a couple of interns at my previous job. So with my previous interns, I've always been, I guess to backtrack, there's there's things that they don't teach you in mm. in school or that you're not exposed to and you really don't know how to navigate when you go into a professional space. So specifically in regards to like writing emails, how to respond to emails. Mm. And, I, and I've found that our learning, like even though we didn't learn how to send emails in school, our generation learned how to write letters. Like we were taught mm, in school true. how to address letters right, right. and stuff. And that in a letter, in an email, there's an intro, a body and a closing. <laughs> there's a flow mm-hmm. um, that it's not a text message. So I think reintroducing that into a space with younger students or learners was one of like the main things that I spent some time on with my interns at the very beginning, because at the end of the day, working within this virtual space, all you have is an email representation of you. Mm -hmm. Email is your first meet and greet with a stakeholder or with a leader or with a colleague. So the last thing you want to do is ruin that. So what I ended up doing and what was a great idea, and I figured this out, I think by my second intern was in the beginning, I would have them sit next to me and like read the email that I would get and then ask them like, how would you respond? Now, to be fair, I would get emails from people who were not learning how to write emails, who were (laughs) experienced adults, as I say, And you're kind of floored sometimes by the way a message comes in. So teaching opportunity there was don't take anything personally. This is how it was written. And no matter how the person writes to you, you always maintain professionalism and how you respond. It's like your professional footprint. So that was like the exercise of like, how would you answer? And it was just like a sounding board just to show them how you set Mm -hmm. boundaries not softening the language. Like there's no need to soften yeah. the language to be professional and like to not be deemed confrontational. So there's like a lot within that space, but <laughs> that's such a good like exercise that you had them sitting down <laughs> and looking at stuff with you. I should have done that. Actually it happened to me though, where I learned not to put exclamation points in certain senses. Cause it would be like, I'm excited, but then a more seasoned individual in the organization thought I was yelling at him or like, <laughs> it wasn't like an angry tone. <laughs> so I got escalated to my boss. It was, it was quite the ordeal, but I was like, I was just excited. I didn't think it was going to be misinterpreted. So yes, you definitely need to have some 
email coaching etiquette ex examples to, to support you. I think for me, so what I remember, and I had a lot of like high school interns, actually, just part of our youth workforce development programs at work. And I remember like one of like the basic assignments, because I wasn't going to make them do like busy work, like stapling or filing. So a thousand percent. I, would, I would bring them into meetings, though. And I remember one of the first assignments I would give them is to help me take minutes. And listen, that was hard. That was hard for my interns. And I ended up having to anyways, give them like my templates and granted yeah. I learned over time too because I would I realized I was doing way too much writing and summaries and that really wasn't the point of the minutes and so I had another and this is a good thing when you're observing you learn your colleagues skill set there was someone in the team that was really good at doing minutes and I like adopted that template but basically right it had the main points the attendees always like things that you wouldn't even think about that are intuitive, but the attendees and then the action items, like at the end of the day, like what was the point? What was the takeaways yeah. of the meeting and who's doing what and who agreed to what, as well as like the estimated deadline and time frame. So anyways, that was one thing I remember having to teach and it took my intern quite some time, like despite giving them, you know, the templates yeah. and the way I would do it. Yeah, it was a bit of a struggle and just being patient, though, and giving them, again, the time to to internalize that. Meeting minutes. <laughs> so I had a high school intern once. It was very, it was very short. I wouldn't even consider an intern. She was doing her programming and she rotated through my office, right? So I take the student and I wanted her to clean up a spreadsheet for me. It wasn't very complex. Like I... Mm. It was a very minimal, like I gave an assignment to an undergrad. <laughs> this was a high school student. So I gave her the spreadsheet and I said, Hey, I just need everything filled out in column A, like name, address, zip code, and I and phone number. And I needed her to separate it into different columns. This was maybe a list of like 60. She was with me for a full day. This is something that totally got what could have gotten done like. <laughs> an hour, right? Two hours. And I really needed it. I look over and she's like on her phone. She's not, I don't see her like proactively in this list. I see her searching things. I see her typing oh things. Goodness. And I'm like, listen, you're here with me for like seven hours. Maybe she's done with my spreadsheet. Right. And like, I don't like to micromanage. I believe in giving the person the space that they need to do the job. I was like, maybe she's Googling something. Totally fine. Maybe she's finding a more efficient way to do it. And I purposely sat her behind me so she didn't feel like I was over her shoulder, mm -hmm. like watching her. End of the day rolls around, not even noon comes around. And I'm like, hey, it's it's about lunchtime. If you'd like to go eat, please go ahead. You mm -hmm. can go off campus or you can go to the cafeteria. Do you know where it is? Do you want me to walk you? No, no, no. I know where it is. I've been here for two weeks now because they were do she was doing the rotation through the organization. Okay. She comes back again, the spreadsheet. I'm doing what I'm doing. End of the day rolls around, grabs her stuff. She's like, okay, thanks. And I was like, is the spreadsheet done? She's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's there. Okay. So I was going to see her the next day too. So I look at the spreadsheet. I'm like, all right, thanks. I look at the spreadsheet. I think like 10 of the 60 are done. Oh my God. And they're done wrong. 
Okay. It's like not done properly. So I'm like, what the heck did you do all day? Comes in the next day for a half day. And at this point, I'm like, I don't want to have to like, so I'm like, hey, I saw the spreadsheet. I go, did you have trouble like understanding the assignment? You know, Mm. worked in Excel before. She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, so it's not done. She's like, yeah, I was doing my um, applications for this, that, and the other for like school. And I was like, okay, but you said you were done. Like I asked you to do this and you didn't do it. I was like, listen, you can do whatever you want when you're done with something. But if someone's asking you to do an assignment, it's your responsibility to do it. And it's my responsibility to explain if you don't understand what you need to do. I asked you multiple times, are you good? Is everything fine? Do you need any guidance? And you just said, no. I was like, if this is your fine, I was like, you have to look at this as this being a reflection of you. You're in high school now. Let's say five years from now, when you graduate, you're looking for a position. And all I know of you is that, A, you didn't even notify me that you didn't finish the work. B, you didn't communicate that you didn't know how to do it. And C, you were doing personal stuff Mm -hmm. instead of doing the work that I asked you to do. I go, what does that say? What impression did you leave me with? But you need to communicate and say, hey, I don't really know how to do this. Can you explain? Can you help me? Of course. You have to think of it as a reflection of you and your work that you put out there. That was my experience with a high school student. It's hard. I mean, like, like I said, I've had a lot of high school interns and not that you have to be more delicate, but like, it's a very like sensitive age too. You don't want them to like, right. You know, lose it. Uh, but also, as you were saying that the one intern I similarly had didn't communicate well. And also when I would give her assignments and she would finish she wouldn't let me know she was done. And then to make things worse, she would be on her phone watching like a series or like a movie. And so there were times where I remember going to meetings and I didn't bring her along or she had, you know, she had to finish certain assignments, whatever. I would go to these leadership meetings and I would come back and she'd be on her phone. And Right. And so I had that conversation and it it was, it was incredibly uncomfortable, but to your point, like this is a reflection of your work ethic too. And if you finish an assignment and you're done, that's totally fine, but you need to ask, like, show me you have initiative, right. To do more you've completed, or you're curious about something, even if it's like, okay, I've done the assignments, you don't have anything more, but I see that you're working on X, Y, and Z. Could I potentially help, you know, in that space, or I'm curious about this. And there wasn't that initiative and there wasn't that communication. And that was hard. Yeah, That's a hard thing to teach folks again, especially at that age. And and to your point, letting them understand that one day you're going to be looking for a job and, you know, you don't want to just be pulling out your phone and watching a series. And it actually was brought up to me because it happened multiple times. 
and it was brought, it was escalated to me by another colleague in the office. I was like, is that your intern? So then it was a conversation about not only are you affecting your brand, you're affecting my brand, right? Because now you're associated as my intern and you're, you know, watching shows or Netflix or whatever on your phone. So phones were out of commission after that. I was like, I don't want to see it unless it's like a real family emergency, which is hard because, you know, you want, you don't want to be that much of a micromanager, but there are times where the discipline is necessary and kids might just not know. And there's a time and a place. It's hard because at least for me, all of my, my interns have looked like me or have mm-hmm. had less, have similar background and family background as I. Yeah. So there's a level of understanding that you exist that that understands that you understand that a lot of it has to do with exposure and how much mm-hmm. exposure you've gotten to certain things and that right. you they genuinely not may not know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And that's what this experience is about. When I've had high school interns, it's been definitely more challenging than my Mm -hmm. like college undergrad and graduate interns. I've had fun when I've had like undergrad public health students. Well, one of the fun things that I used to do with my interns that I remember is like they they were younger than I was, right? Like I'm not no mistake cayendo de vieja. Like I'm not I'm not old, (laughs) but like if I was if I was like at the time twenty nine. 30 and these babies were born in like 1996, <laughs> 95. You know what I mean? Like there's it's a five-year difference, but it's mm-hmm. it's different. There was no internet in my day. <laughs> Back when I was a child, there was no internet. You know what I mean? Whereas that they grew up with like always having internet mm-hmm. and like text. I was like, we used to have to call people past nine o'clock because we didn't have any minutes. <laughs> You know, like sharing these things, we're like, what the hell's wrong with you? But my favorite thing to do with interns was sometimes, and they were all Latinas, I would be working and I would say something like un dicho algo or like whatever mm-hmm. nonsense came out of my mouth. And I would hear like a giggle and they'd be like, oh, that's really funny. I haven't heard that one. And it's like, ocurrencias que tenía. And so I had post-it notes and I was like, should we write it down? So I would write down mm-hmm. phrases that I would say, or they would write down phrases that they would say that were funny or like funny comebacks to people that like no one else would understand. <laughs> some, some of them in Spanglish, some of them in English, some of them in Spanish. And the whole back part of my door, we would post them on the back of the door. So, so then cute. when something else would happen and I'd be like, which one of these, which one of these should I answer back via email? And it's <laughs> like, what, one of my interns, she quoted a song and it broke money. Don't make money. Is that what she said? <laughs> I mean, like, so oh it was, it was just fun. And I just remember we would be like, Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That one's funny. And we would post it and, and laugh about it. But like, those were little things that mm-hmm. were just enjoyable. And it's, it was my attempt of saying, yes, we're serious and we're working. Mm-hmm. But also there are times where you're just like, not always a straight line professional that yeah. you do want to answer an email. <clears throat> yeah. Broke money don't make no money. You, know, you want to answer an email like that. So that's fine. No, I think our environment in the corporate office is much more serious. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, for but, sure. But I wish if I had a door, I mean, I didn't even have an office. So there's also that. I don't know where I would have hidden everything. 
I think to your point though, when you said about right interns looking like you or being Latina or Fergans, and you know, that's definitely a point where you can connect. I had Latino interns as well, undergrads, but for some reason, the ones that had the most the ones that were impressionable to me were the high school ones. And again, I had them for like every year for a long period of time, the school year, they were coming in multiple days of the week uh, throughout the year. And so the hard thing too, is having those conversations. And I'm going to use when people, especially us in, in the healthcare uh, sector that understand inequities and what health equity means, when you have to address the social determinants with kids and that's really hard. And so I say that because, for example, I would notice their wardrobe and I would notice the that's like really like an old looking pant or like a skirt. And so those are those are the things, too, that like you learn as you're in this professional setting to have those conversations with your interns that might come from disadvantaged groups. And it was hard. I remember having that conversation. I remember, you know, once you develop that connection with the students one of them had shared that, you know, they were going to their neighbor's house to study for the exam before college, SATs, I was going to say GREs. And so she didn't have a book and her parents didn't have the financial means. And so, you know, it's heartbreaking because then you're like, these are literally the kids that want to be in healthcare, that want to become nurses, and yet they're operating at a disadvantage and of course, surely enough, I was like, yeah, I'm buying you these books. <laughs> so I, I didn't tell her that, but I surprised her. And I don't remember if there was an actual occasion, but I just remember rolling up to the office with like all these like goodie bags and giving her the books and the prep work books. And yeah, so I've also found that it teaches you also to be exactly very responsible, but how to have those sensitive uh, conversations and uncomfortable ones, like no one else is going to do it. And people might notice, again, like I said, like the wardrobe situation is really hard and how you show up to work and, you know, how you're dressed, your hair, when you're a woman, your hair. I remember that conversation for another intern. I didn't feel comfortable having it. And I said, I was like, I'm not going to be the one because this particular student was an African-American student. And again, so someone in the team that was Black ended up having that conversation. But there's so many things that we talk about, like diversity and first gen and right? Folks that are coming from marginalized or, or disadvantaged communities. There's a lot that ends up happening in terms of those difficult conversations and having that empathy and sensitivity on another level. Briefly remember these <laughs> conversations with you and like sharing with other colleagues that do have interns, like, what the hell do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I say this? Like, how do I address X issue or situation and not in a judgy way, but more so mm-hmm. in an, as an opportunity to shed some light in a space so that it doesn't happen again. Because again, I'm coming into it nicely, right? And and right. truly with, with care and with love. But if someone else approaches this topic, they're not going to come into it right. with sensitivity or empathy. Right. They're going to come into it really aggressively. And I don't want this right. person to be, to feel bad. Yeah. Right. Like the intention is, is all that that's where I think the struggle is, is like for us, our intention is never to make them feel bad. Yeah. It's always to uplift and to assist Biddle. 
there are some some things that need to be said things are always said or i think it's better said coming from someone that loves you and cares for you mm-hmm. versus someone who doesn't but you've definitely had more of those experiences than than i have i i've gotten them a little bit more seasoned mm-hmm. within yeah your space i remember one of my favorite stories with my interns is she was awesome she was just awesome and I used to drive everywhere when we would have to go like to community events or Mm -hmm. or whatever and like schlepping around all this stuff. And I remember, well, I don't know if you've ever seen me, but like I can pull into parking spots in reverse very quickly. (laughs) That's just always how I've done it. And I remember this particular intern being like, can't do that. And she had this big car and she was small like she was short, like, like both of us together looked like children. So she would be like, I don't know how you do it. And she's like, and you don't even use your backup camera. And I was like, I'm going to teach you to do this. Oh my! Goodness. And even parallel park. So I kid you not, I kid you not during our times, if we wanted to go out to lunch or if we were doing something, I'd be like, you drive. I kid you not. Like oh, that is the ex- to the extent of which my my capabilities have gone. And I was oh, like, at the end God. of this, you're going to pass your Ches exam, your community health education specialist exam, and you're going to know how to park properly. Um, it's a so well-rounded that was- internship experience. <laughs> it was the funnest oh, thing. So, awesome. like every time I think I think of like, or when I park, I think of this girl, and I'm like, I hope she's parking well. Like, I'm sure she's Aww. doing well now, but nice my extensive kidding. driving school emails, <laughs> quotes on the wall with your posts, it's like all of it. I was all encompassing. That's so fun. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm so glad you did that for them. I'm sure they're going to remember you and the organization I for hope the rest so. of their lives. <laughs> I remember one intern, she had no credit. She was like 20 something years old and had no credit. And she didn't understand the importance of like establishing credit. Mm. And I was like, having no credit is worse than having bad credit. And it's like, you don't have credit. Your interest rate's going to be super high. This is what you mm. should do. Mind you, I am not like, queen of financial literacy. Yeah. Like, like I established mm-hmm. credit when I was 18. The, mm-hmm. Like I think the day I turned 18 and, and from my understanding, you could do it even sooner. Yeah. I didn't know that my dad didn't know that, but my dad was the one that was like, no, you need credit. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is we're going to have you apply for a, like a school, like a student credit card. Cause at the time this was like, this was pre Obama. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was, e- they would set before laws changed, they would send you credit card applications when you were 18. They don't do that anymore mm-hmm. because a lot I of people- I remember those. My brother used to get a lot of them actually. So they would start rolling in when you were turning 18. So I applied, I remember for a student credit card. I had like a $700 limit. It wasn't anything like crazy. Oh, that's a lot when you're- But, but my dad was like, what you're going to do? And that's, it was as I was going into college, my dad was like, what you're going to do is you're going to mm-hmm. use it as if it's your cash. You do not spend more money than you don't have, mm-hmm. but you use it and you pay. You use it and you pay and you start moving your credit around so that when the time comes, cuando ya estés más grandecita, you can get a loan for a car. Mm-hmm. You can buy a house. But he's like, don't mess up your credit. Mm-hmm. He's like, at the end of the day, you're an adult. You know how much you spend. Mm-hmm. 
y la que se friega eres tú. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you claro. mess your with your credit, we can't, I cannot fix it. Mm -hmm. so I was always, I remember being terrified to use my credit card. Terrified to be like, if I spent $5, I would immediately get home and like transfer so that it was paid. And it's like, which doesn't do you any service. That's not, you're not supposed to do that either. That's not good for your credit. You're supposed yeah. to have a little bit of debt. A little debt yeah. compared to, exactly. So like line. all lessons learned, but these are conversations that I used to have with my interns. That's awesome. No, I think for me, yeah, it was a lot more, I mean, I would talk to them about like colleges. A lot of the kids actually yeah. want to know about what to focus in, especially mm -hmm. if they're thinking about healthcare, like what, what specific roles, earning potential too. That was another conversation, showing them the market and just obviously with market research, what salaries would look like for the different roles they were thinking about. And just based on our access to to what I knew, what we were paying the system. Right. So that's another conversation. Right. Again, that I wish in retrospect, they would have given us. I mean, to your point about financial literacy in general, that's something that they should have educated us on. <laughs> and the same thing with college, though. Like we go to school, we study these things. We don't even know what types of jobs we can get, what type of roles are out there, what type of income you can actually generate as a result of those roles. Like we're so oblivious and ignorant. So Having interns and mentees has definitely been an opportunity to shed that light and educate them on the things that we didn't know. I even, now that you say like the fight, just talking a bit more about the financial literacy aspect of it, I taught myself how to properly pay off my student loans. So I had like 10 of mm -hmm. them and looking at the interest rate and yeah. like not You're overpaying, that not overpaying, before? not overpaying the whole amount, but overpaying a specific loan so that that goes down, not mm -hmm. the overall amount, because then it goes into the interest versus the principal of my 10, eight of my loans, not in a very short period of time, but like in a shorter period of time mm -hmm. compared to others. But that was just given my situation, I was like living at home. My parents were feeding me and I was mm -hmm. like, my whole paycheck's going to my student loans. Right. I'm still not done paying, but I was able to like use that chart and like share that example with some of my interns. So my, I guess my experience with interns has been more of like the living life skill set and semi-professional, mm -hmm. but really like, this is what I've learned. Right. <laughs> How to park. I think yeah, with, with my mentees too, I have found in conversations, actually, now that you say with undergrad mentees and, and interns, they're afraid of student debt and mm -hmm. debt in general. Like it's like a very scary topic and the thought of having it, which I don't know for me, and maybe it's like to your point, like my economist brain, like, and the way okay. I see investments that's the way I see it. I see it as an right. investment versus right. like a debt and a burden on you. And right. so oftentimes I found myself convincing my, right. my interns, my mentees that at least for student loans, like it made sense. You're going to take this on. If you have housing instability, then dorm. You're not going to have peace of mind because I've been there being in a household that isn't stable. And then you're trying to focus on school or similarly, if I knew that they were going to get a degree like in law or some policy or something really, I know they're going to make the money. Like I know what the right. market rate is going to pay you, but there's this sense of fear and anxiety, but I don't want to take out the loans. I don't want to take on the debt. Whereas I'm always pushing them like it's an investment in your future. You're going and to have a return on investment. Right. And it depends, right? Like it depends mm -hmm. on what your field of study is. Like right. I remember to that point, two interns that I had, they were undergrad public health students. Mm -hmm. I was undergrad 
linguistics, uh, cognitive science, and Spanish. So like, I didn't have a public health degree. I got a public health degree in graduate school. They had the public health degree undergrad, but Mm -hmm. it being in the space with having interns, I've noticed that a lot of the curriculum in undergrad for public health was very similar, if not more in depth, obviously undergrad than it was the public health program. Mm. So when my interns would be in the space of like, I want to get a master's, I don't know in what, Mm -hmm. my recommendation was look at like the job outlook. Mm-hmm. Your skill, you already have the public health job. You don't need to go get an, a, a master's degree in public right. health. You right. already know it. You're in a good school with a good program for public health. You don't need a master's in public health. I go, however, mm-hmm. if I would have known, if it like it's granted, it's different. I was like, but I think an MBA offers you transferable skills, mm-hmm. master's in public administration as well, mm-hmm. master's in business administration. Master's in hospital administration really just puts you in a specific group. And unless you like really want to be in that specific sector, it's very niche. Mm -hmm. It's very, you know, it's very specific. But like for me, my recommendation was always an MBA or an MPA Mm -hmm. because you already have the background of the specifics of the public health. What makes you easily to be able to easily transfer skills from point A to point Mm -hmm. B. The other resource that I would give my interns was the Occupational Outlook Handbook. Mm -hmm. It's a government site and it tells you what professions are making what and what the projected salary would be Mm -hmm. in a few years from now. Yeah. So like whoever went into nursing, good job. I know. I would share that actually with with the interns that were thinking about nursing, I'd be like, look at all the anticipated shortages in our industry. We need you. Like we need more of right. you. So yes, if you're considering it, a do thousand it. percent. Do right. It. So like things like that are, are important and, and like good things that we've shared. And I'm, I'm sure we've, we've shared more things than what we mentioned here, <laughs> but those being like super high level, important things that we've that we've discussed yeah. to an extent and and it going back to like what we mentioned last time in in service right like you don't know what your impact is mm-hmm. when you're sharing all this information yeah. you just hope it helps but yeah. in reality i have no idea if my one intern knows how to park properly i don't know if the other one established credit i have no idea i hope <laughs> or they if the other one has a wall with <laughs> with like up. a bunch of post-its and and it's like yeah i had a i had a you know, a boss, I guess, who would do all this stuff with the door. <laughs> we can advise folks, you know, interns, mentees, communicate, share, speak up. I think that's the big thing, right? Letting folks know when you're done with assignments, when you need more work, asking for help. You're struggling. If you don't know how to do it, ask. Yeah, exactly. And be your biggest advocate. That's that's my thing to everyone. I always say no one's going to advocate harder for you than yourself. Than yourself. So you've got to learn. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, with that, thanks everyone for listening.